So basically, a lot of why I got into mental health has to do with um, past experiences and working with mental health providers and counselors, therapists of various natures in different settings, um, and feeling like there were some that were really awesome and some that were absolutely terrible. Um, having it been a part of that experience uh, opened my eyes to the realization that I know I really want to help people. Hey everyone, welcome back to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead, and I've Been Better is the podcast where we turn on the mic for others to share their stories with the world. And on today's episode, we have a long-awaited guest that I've been trying to schedule for a while now, and I've been coaxing to get him in this room, so I'm very excited to have him here. Before we dive into that, we again want to thank everyone for being a listener and a follower of us on social media. If you aren't following us again, please follow us at ivebeenbetter.pod on Instagram and Facebook. And we are getting ready for the holidays. So like I mentioned in last week's episode, if you know someone or are someone who makes products that people would want to sell for the holidays or want to get for their friends or family for the holidays, please let us know. I'm a big supporter of local, small-owned, women-owned businesses. We'd love to have you on if you would be interested in doing that. And we may even talk about it a little bit today. Apparently, our guest is like me over here. I know someone. <laughs> he says he knows someone. So, we'll, you know, we're going to hook each other up. That sounds great. But let's get to our guest for today. In front of me, I have Bryce. And Bryce and I are colleagues in the same world of mental health. He is a licensed clinical mental health counselor. So what is that? LCMHC? Nailed it. And I messed that up on the rec. He is passionate about helping members of the trans community at varying stages of coming out and living as their authentic selves. He has two chihuahuas, Pebbles and Layla. And I will vouch for this. They are nice chihuahuas. They are not those yappy, terrifying little creatures that we sometimes <laughs> see like little gremlins. They're real cute. As a hobby, Bryce has turned his apartment into a jungle with all of the plants. And during the spring this past year with COVID, Bryce actually made multiple deliveries to our house under the cover of night <laughs> to give us all these extra plants that he had. So Bryce is very good with taking care of plants. He also likes to dance at clubs when it is safe to do so. And he likes <laughs> helping people. So yes. welcome, Bryce. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. You're so welcome. You deserve it. Especially after this long-awaited time of having you come here. Yeah. Well, I was fighting you on it for a long time. I you mean, were. I would sort of ghost it for three weeks <laughs> and you would ask me um, because I'd be like thinking about it and thinking about it and like contemplating all the dumb things I could say. But that's why, we, that's why we want you here. Run the risk anyway. And I'm here. We love it. We're so glad you're here. So Bryce, tell us a little bit more about yourself. All right. Um, well, I've been working as a therapist now. Since 2013. Um, nice. I did four and a half years working at the NC State Counseling Center. Woo woo, go Wolfpack. Uh, yeah, I know how you much you love the Wolfpack. So yes. that's why I had to shout out. Yes. Um, and I've been working in private practice since then um, with some work in mental health hospitals along the way. But that's yeah. my work life. Great. Um, you already said a lot about my personal life. But. Yeah. So you like to <laughs> club when it's safe to do so? Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine the pandemic's been pretty difficult if all your, a lot of your hobbies were taken away. Yeah. That's why. 
before the pandemic, I didn't have a single plant in my apartment. And yeah. now it's like jungle. It is Central. a jungle, y'all. If we, it's ridiculous. I'm going to try to attach a picture to this episode <laughs> of like your porch. Didn't they tell you you weren't allowed to have your porch like that? Yeah, my balcony, they were like, you can't have things that are overflowing from it, is what they said, I think. Cause <laughs> like the hanging into other people's apartments. Yeah. You're like, yeah. that's not allowed. <laughs> You're like, I'm just trying to uh, attract the bees. It's fine. Right. But other people walk by and they're like, that is so beautiful. And they don't see me on the balcony because there's so many vines and hanging <laughs> baskets that you can't tell them there. It's like a privacy like, wall that you've built th- with the plants. Exactly. Instead of having to put up a fence. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. So how, tell us a little bit about what you did pre- pre-pandemic. What was your life like personally? Uh, personal life pre-pandemic was, um, oh, well, kind of a workaholic. I was at one point, not too long ago, working six days a week as a therapist. But um, weekends, always hanging out with friends, would go out downtown. Yeah. Um, yeah, hanging out with my dogs. Um, Sweet babies. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> How? Remind me again, you've been in Raleigh for a significant amount of time? Or like yes. this area? Yep. Yeah. Before I was here, I was in Wilmington, North Carolina, obviously for... Um, for hey, there's not a, there's other states I know, like Wilmington. I there are other Wilmington. You're good. <laughs> um, for 10 plus years. Um, that's where I went for undergrad. And yeah, before that, I'm from Atlanta originally. Oh, that's right. Yes. I'd forgotten about that for some reason. Yeah. Did you ever try surfing? Did not. Not with any success, at least. (laughs) Too funny. Tell us a little bit, and you might jump into this in a little while, but I'd love to hear, you know, for those that are in this field with myself as Mm -hmm. a mental health therapist, talk to me a little bit about how you got into this field. Okay. Actually, that's um, in line with what we're going to talk about today, kind of. Great. Which is probably why you said it. Yes. um, (laughs) um, So, basically, a lot of why I got into mental health has to do with um, past experiences and working with mental health providers and counselors, therapists of various natures in different settings. Yeah. Um, and feeling like there were some that were really awesome and some that were absolutely terrible. Yeah. And, uh, having it, been a part of that experience uh, opened my eyes to the realization that I know I really want to help people. That matters to me. And um, my aunt also said... Uh, people just tend to like to open up to me pretty naturally and like want to be near me and stuff like that because she's my aunt and she says stuff like that. <laughs> but like, um, and she says, if you can find a way to make that into a profession, like you will be so successful. And like at the time, I was like, gee, I wonder if such a thing exists. What kind of job <laughs> like, could that be? Looking back on it, I'm like, she was basically telling me I should be a therapist. Yeah, without saying it. I was a kid, so I didn't know that that's what. Well, but, smart on her, right? Yeah. What's her name? Marmar. Aunt Marmar. Aunt Marmar. We're actually really grateful that she probably didn't tell you to be a therapist because you probably been like, screw off, Aunt Marmar, right? <laughs> like, no. But it was great that she led you to just like this, the quality that you had, right? Like this skill. Yeah. She's like, please find a way to use this skill. And That's I will true. vouch for that too. Bryce is very bubbly. <laughs> great example is, um, you know, anytime I've gotten to see Bryce, which is limited during this pandemic, it is very like immediate of like, oh my God, like, yeah. can't believe, you know, we've gotten to see you. And, you know, you definitely have this infectious personality of like I want to talk to you about something and even if I don't have something to talk about I will find something to talk about yeah in all fairness I just get hyper excited when I see Susan's face (laughs) so that's not all that's part of mostly that's my personality but also Susan's got a very very exciting face I I try really what is the word like very expressionistic is that a word uh, inviting or I wonderful, lovely. Something. I don't know. These are all adjectives. These are great. <laughs> Bryce walked in today and 
he had not seen Josh in some time. And Bryce has bleached his hair. <laughs> Josh is like, you bleached your hair. And Bryce is like, yeah, I wanted to look more like Susan. <laughs> After initially texting you, do blondes have more fun? I need to check. Yeah, what <laughs> did I even... T- did I tell you not to do it? Yeah, you told me yeah. not to do it. I, what did I tell you? I said being a blonde is expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. I was like, it's a lot to keep up with blonde hair when you just don't spend a lot of time in the sun anymore because you're more conscious of your skin. So you don't go outside. (laughs) Yes. So tell us a little bit about, you were talking, you know, about that your aunt was mentioning to you that you should work with people and you had this infectious personality and that she really felt like you could help people. Talk to us about that. So that was sort of a seed that was planted. Um, at some point in my younger years. But also, back to what we were talking about previously, living in Atlanta. I usually, a lot of times when I'm just sort of meeting somebody, I'm like, oh yeah, I lived in Atlanta for the first 18 years of my life. But that's not actually true in that at 15, um, I went to a wilderness program Mm -hmm. in Utah. That was hella fun. Just kidding, it's not. Um, (laughs) Is that your way of trying to cope with what happened to you? Yeah, kind of. It was great. Kind of, yes. Um, So for eight weeks, I was walking or marching around in the desert of Utah in the middle of winter with other bad kids who had gotten in trouble for things. Bad males, because the the all males. Yeah. Well, there's female groups, but we were all separated. Okay. Um, So this is one of those like stereotypical when you hear people say like, I went to wilderness camp. But this is like for kids that are not doing great well, behavior wise. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Well, and by behavior wise, like, let me be clear, there's a, any number of behaviors that can get you sent there. Cause like my personal ex- uh, story is that at 15, I decided with some friends that like taking ecstasy at the school dance was a good <gasps> idea. At 15? Yeah. I wouldn't even know where to get ecstasy at 15. Well, you also I'm, lived in Atlanta. So like, there you go. <laughs> um, that answers that. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, it was it wasn't the brightest idea, and certainly uh, all sorts of reasons why we got caught and all all that stuff. At the school but, dance, was it prom or a dance? No, it was a dance. It's called the street dance. But um, <laughs> so many questions. But yes, um, my school uh, it was a private school, and it had a like it had like a you get caught smoking a cigarette under a bridge near campus. So near zero itself. tolerance. Oh yeah, so it was not like a. A questionable, like, well, maybe he'll. How did they catch you? What was it that obvious? Um, if, if you want the whole story, it is that one of the people um, was going up to every senior guy and telling them how much she was in love with them <gasps> and all this kind of stuff. And her older sister realized she was on ecstasy. And then when she found out her sister knew, she freaked out because, oh my gosh, my sister's going to tell my mom, mm-hmm. her parents, and like, this is over. And then. Then we all left the dance because we were like, we can't stick around for this crazy drama, um, which was fine, except for that that same girl had a breakdown of consciousness or conscience or whatever mm-hmm. over the weekend and decided she had to tell on everybody, I guess, when we got back to school on Monday. Like she told someone who worked at the school? Yes. <gasps> I think the guidance counselor, I think that when we were at the dance, asked her if she was okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then like she realized she had to tell him that. She wasn't. She wasn't so fine. She had done ecstasy with these the other people who did it, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, expelled was the punishment. Yes. For me. For me, well, specifically, um, everybody got kicked out, all five of us. But I was the most kicked out because I supplied the ecstasy. So, like, the other people, I think, got to return after a year or something like that. Wow. Yep. You were never allowed to go back. 
No, nor would I have wanted to because... Well, it sounds like I feel like if you're going to do that at the school, like anyway, like you clearly weren't a big fan of the school to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, um, certainly, there's no intention behind like, (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to make this move so I can get the hell out of here, but... Right. It wasn't as calculated. Like you weren't 15 being like, how do I get out of the school? No, I would have done it many other ways if right. I really wanted to. But. Right. So it sounds like your what happened with your parents? Yeah, like what was that like? Oh, and, well, at the time my parents were in the middle of a divorce and which is a lot of why I think why the way things went the way they went is because while the other four people, their parents sort of band together and figured out, all right, well, here's another school. I mean, they all got accepted to other schools in Atlanta, like public schools. Mm-hmm. Um for the semester, for the year, and, like, everything. They figured it out real quick. My parents, at the time, did not communicate at all with any kindness. Mm. Like, they couldn't. Like they, So they had their own shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was bad. So your parents, like you had said, sounds like if they had maybe, yeah, had worked out some of their own stuff, you could have not ended up at Wilderness Camp. Yeah. But to them, that was, whose decision was that? Um, the education consultant that they went to see because, like, they, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we were still trying to figure out whose house to be at, which days of the week, and, like, they were very much entrenched in their hatred for one another, which which is since resolved. So, like, many, many, like, 20 years later. Yay! (laughs) But, um... I was about to ask you, yeah, what decade was this during? Um, this was... The 90s? Oh, gosh, come on, I can't do math. <laughs> um, Me either. You were 15? It was literally 20 years ago, so um, it was 20, 2000. So literally, two th- yeah, the end, okay, so in 2000. <laughs> well, so I guess it makes sense that you, your, yeah, if your parents couldn't even agree on who was going to be where, imagine trying to pick a school, they're like the most logical thing in their mind sounds like was let's send him out of the state where he's mm-hmm. not with either of us. Yeah, kind of, yeah. And, and so that because we can't handle this and this uh, ed consultant says this is a good option so and then it turns out the wilderness program they sort of lie to you and say that you know good behavior gets you out sooner and stuff but really what it is is <laughs> Sorry, it, are we in jail like, like it, what is that it's like a holding facility <laughs> while they're trying to figure out where the hell you're going from there like oh. but so so i was like i've always been a very smiley and well-behaved human being and so i'm always smiling and like behaving and like doing socially acceptable <laughs> behavior yeah yes i was there for eight weeks um, which is a long time compared to this, like the one kid like that ran away. They was there for three total, and like, and then why I say ran away? It's like because when you run away and you're in the middle of the desert, like you don't actually no run one away. knows what direction you went, <laughs> and like there's nowhere to go. Like they don't have buildings anywhere that you can oh see. Oh my gosh, it's just wilderness. so it's like holes. Yeah, wilderness forever. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. But anyway. So you were you already supposed to be there for eight weeks? Or like you said, you showed mm-hmm. up, you had no idea how long you'd be there. I didn't know how long I'd be there. Wow. Um, oh, and you don't shower while you're there. So you're hiking every day. Ew. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting. And it's all people who were born male, at least. Yes. Holy I mean, moly. In my group. Like, they have they had female groups, too. Right. But we never saw them. Right. Like, so, like, y'all smell at 15. Oh, bad. I mean, you smell as adults, but, like, you smell at 15 for sure. Oh, for sure. And actually, I was thinking, because I've been overthinking doing this podcast for so long, I thought about this part, is that 
I think I had like a bottom retainer um, permanent in my mouth that popped while I was out in the woods. And so they did schedule me an orthodontist appointment, but and then they let me go in and shower for that. But I was like, <gasps> in retrospect, like that was for the dentist's sake. That it was, was not, not for, for you. That <laughs> nope. was not at all. Because the dentist probably would have been like, hell no. Get well, out the dentist of my also office. probably would have reported their asses for not letting you yeah. have hygiene. Like they, the dentist would have been like, what is happening? I hope so. So it's probably to cover their asses a little bit, right? <laughs> right to like, right. oh, look, they're clean. Here you go. Like, yeah, because, yeah, if you want me to get real detailed, I mean, we would, we had to, it was leave no trace camping. So we'd have a campfire every night and then all the coal, you have to crush it up and Folgers cans with holes in the bottom every morning. What is the point of this? And so you walk and just dust everything. And so you can't tell there's once a campfire there. You also learn how to make fire out of sticks, which I can do. I can <gasps> bust a fire. So we ever go camping, you are yeah. it. Or we get shipwrecked, you know. Perfect. Okay, we need to like live near each other then, so right. we need to rely on you for savior. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> How does that? I'm gonna go there, y'all. How does this work when you need to go to the bathroom and leave no trace? Do you just dig a hole and bury it? Yes. Okay. Yep. It's not that weird then. Yep. Oh, but to, to circle back to sort of how this impacts like the. Uh, me working with various therapists and yeah. like, figuring out what I want to do. So I spent my 16th birthday in the woods. Um, and it was a night when we had group therapy, and our therapist, Brad, I'm going to say his name because he's a jerk. <laughs> we hate him. Um, he came to therapy, and he looked right at me, and he said, wipe that shit-eating grin off your face. What the fuck do you have to smile about? And this he's is my therapist? mental health therapist. Yeah. Do you feel like this was back, like, do you remember that show, like, Scared Straight? Yeah. Like, maybe kind of like the Murray-style show? Is it, was it something like that? Possibly. He also, though, other people in the group that had, like, more, I don't know, salacious kind of reasons for being there, I guess, um, he would, like, call them out for their behaviors, like, like well, I don't want to go into specifics, but, like, like sexual behavior that they had done and stuff okay. that was, like, like, around the campfire with these people you don't know and being, like... And, like, ratting you out, literally. Yeah. Like, exposing everything that you probably already feel awful for. Yep. I'm, I was pleased i didn't have that kind of baggage but like at the same time i was like that's so effed up to say yeah, how did you feel like can you put yourself back in 15 16 year old you and having this therapist tell you to wipe your grin off your face like how does that feel to be told that um not very good at rapport building <laughs> yeah well, you immediately hate them yeah, I can yeah. Imagine. i'm not gonna talk about anything with this person yeah no respect nothing mm, no yeah. No, and I said the rapport building thing because, as Susan well knows, like it's all about like if you've got a connection with the client mm -hmm. and building rapport, and if you mm -hmm. want to actually help change or motivate change, that's where you got to start, and that's the just the basis, the most fundamental part of a therapeutic relationship. Because so I have to guy, be able to trust you, right, right? Right. Or at least I like have to like be made to believe that I could trust you. Yeah. Right. And clearly, this guy immediately set the tone of like, "Don't fuck with me." Pretty much. Yeah. And he, like, there was nobody to check him because he was, was just like, he was our therapist and he could pretty much do and say whatever he wanted. So, how often did you meet? He probably made it out to the woods once a week. Okay. So, you saw him eight times? Yes. And it was always group therapy. He never saw us as individuals. Probably for the best. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about the behavior. Yep. Yeah. How did you make it through those eight weeks with, like, you were saying, there's a lot of like optimism for you? It sounded like, how did you do that? Um, well, the other the other people in my group were pretty cool. Um, 
you know, as we hike, we talk, we sing songs, we uh, play games. Yeah. Um, I could, yeah, you don't need to know all the, all the fun <laughs> nope, good. singing good and clapping there. games that we would play, but <laughs> um, and just knowing that there was an end somewhere down the road, even though they wouldn't tell us when we were getting out, and yeah. like, there was no logical sense to it. Yeah, it does, that does not make any sense. What were you told was the goal of that type of therapy? Um, I don't, I think they like masked it in, um, you know, the, we're all watching your behavior and, you know, if you can prove that you can behave well and that you're making that kind of change, then. But like maybe structure and like routine or something. Was it like trying to instill? Maybe. I I mean, but some of the, some of the counselors there, like the, like basically we would hike with our group leaders. I don't even know. I don't know if they were licensed anything. I don't think they were. I think they were just like basically camp counselors kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Some of them were very nice and then some of them were rude and then, and they would switch off every week. Um, Mm. But they, it wasn't necessarily like you would go into therapeutic stuff with those people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us about, you know, as you were saying, you know, you would ghost me a few times here and there about coming on and things you wanted to talk about. But mm-hmm. the more we had talked about it, that it sounds like this had absolutely been a time in your life where you're not doing super great. No, definitely not. Oh, yeah, no. And then I think, I, did I, I don't know, did I mention that when uh, Brad Reedy said that to me, that was my 16th birthday and that he had brought cake <laughs> to the woods. Like, we didn't get cake. We had beans and rice for dinner wow and there was a cake involved so it was just like this like really just messed up like a very twisted sense of like what's happening yeah like i'm getting cake when we don't normally get cake in the setting and this person's telling me to i don't know yeah get my life together that was my sweet 16 (sighs) that sounds like an awful sweet 16 yeah but no but really i mean i did do ecstasy at a school dance so i know that i wouldn't have just landed myself there for no other reason but um well but i mean looking like if that happened today what do you think a response would be from parents? Like, do you think wilderness camp would be the first attempt at a first infraction for a teenager? Um, I no, I definitely think that that they jumped the gun and overreacted. But at the same time, that's just this is just the first of the experiences with therapists that like because ultimately mm-hmm. from from Second Nature, which is the name of the wilderness program, I went <laughs> on to Academy at Swift River, which was in Massachusetts, and it's a sixteen month program. Um, for troubled youth, I guess. Well, think um, about that. You got labeled as troubled because you did one thing. Yeah, it was it was my second time doing ecstasy. The, that we'd okay. we'd come up, yeah, but we'd come up with the genius plan to do it at the street dance the first time I did ecstasy. <laughs> so it was this like, is helpful information, Bryce. Yeah, but yeah, but it's like it's not like I was. It's really uh, not that. Like at the end of the yeah. day, like yes, drugs are bad. We are making this very clear. The street drugs that you don't know where you're getting them. You should not be taking them at 15. We do not endorse this behavior, right? And yet, not the worst thing you could have done. No. It was much more, well, I believe that it was much more based in like a reputation-related thing. And um, specifically, my mom's side of the family is much more like reputation-oriented. And like, um, and also my mom's not super stable as a human being. And so she doesn't handle stress well. Yeah. so so when you caused this rift, yes. they were like, how dare you do this to us? Yeah. She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My dad would have my dad would have been like, well, buddy, what do you want to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, how should you discipline yourself with this? <laughs> yeah. 
So you went, so from Second Nature, you then went to, it was like a boarding school? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And is that where you graduated high school? It is not. I did come back to Atlanta to finish at, okay. at high school that I could have gotten into like right after I left Love It, which oh, is Love It's God. the private school. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, but at Academy at Swift River, um, let's see, where should I start with this? So you start at base camp, um, which is not diff- that much different than Second Nature. You're still in the woods. They march you around for a while, but like <laughs> you're really close to the campus and their civilization's not that far. Good. Um, and uh, you sort of formulate your peer group as people roll in and the missions are rolling. And then you go through the program with those same people the whole time. Okay. Yep. And you meet your... Um, you meet your counselors when you come to campus. Like, you have two counselors for each peer group. Um, and mine were awesome. Aww. I got really lucky with that. I love that. Yep. Shout out to James and Carisha. James and Carisha, Wherever if you're out there, are. we love you. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us about that, even if it's just briefly. The difference between the personalities and the experiences of these therapists and counselors that you had. You had Brad, yeah. trash. <laughs> James and Carisha. Yep. Great. Awesome. What was that like for you as a young person to recognize that, like, oh, like, did you have a moment where you're there's like, oh, there's like good people? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And um, and it's interesting because I was in peer group 27. Um, not all the. Is that peer- your lucky number now? Do you use that when you play the lottery? <laughs> I don't play the lottery, but okay. I mean, I could. You should. Um, <laughs> um, so not all the peer peer groups graduate eventually. So like, they weren't all still on campus when I got there, but like. I think maybe like peer group 11 to 27 were when I first got there. So like, so you get to see other people's counselors too. And mm. you get, you interact with those people too. So you see people who are like, care about their job, want people to get better, want to provide mm-hmm. support and help. And then you see those people that are just burnout or that are, that had this kind of more militant approach to like youth and barking at kids mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like in matilda there's yeah. like the teacher and then yeah this trench ball yeah oddly enough my brother used to call me bruce bogtrotter growing up because no. you know the kid from that was put on stage to make eat cake yes <laughs> yes yes that's really funny it's not funny that like did you like cake a lot as a kid why were you called no that? john just thought it was funny my brother john just oh my really found it hilarious <laughs> <laughs> thanks john thanks so much what was it like for you then? Yeah, tell us more about that experience if you want or, you know, having these positive therapists. Did that make a big impact on you? Yeah, a huge difference Um, in that. Like, so we had group therapy three times a week and it was wow. twice a week was with your peer group and then once a week was mixed group, like with people throughout the school. Um, So you got to see other, other counselors interact and also other students mm-hmm. and what kind of stuff they would bring up in group. Yeah. Um, and... At first, it's super difficult to 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 talk in group with people when you don't want to be there. You didn't sign up for this, but you're here. Um, and then, as you get to know your peer group better and better, it's like there's obviously this bond this form that that forms. I also got blessed with like a super awesome peer group, um, and there were other. It was kind of like known like which peer groups were really struggling and which ones were uh, were awesome, and um, both the the counselors for mine and the the kids were all awesome. So. That's great. Um, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think that that's... <laughs> that's okay to be biased. That's your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Do you talk to any of those people ever? Did you keep in touch? The first thing that came to mind is something probably for another episode. <laughs> Perfect. We'll have you yeah. back on. Yeah. Great. So it's nice. 
probably not pricing nice is probably not the right way to say it, but it makes a difference that if you actually have a supportive and positive experience at camps or academies like this, that you mm-hmm. actually may get something out of it. Yeah. Do you feel like when you left that you were like, that was awful, but like I got something out of being here? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about interactions, families, because right? your family is involved in the program. They're obviously, my family is still in Atlanta, so it's not a regular thing, but they would come up for family therapy. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole program wraps up. You spend time in Costa Rica. Like, oh, like, wow. Yeah, I think I was there for six weeks. Um, what a vacay. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. They're like, we made you hike through the desert enough. Here's the beach. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I guess that is the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, actually, that's one thing that James used to say. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a fucking train. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Is that something that you keep, like, you remember? Oh, yeah. Often? Oh, yeah. There's so many things from specific things that counselors would say that uh, that I carry with me now. So There's light at the end of the tunnel, and life's not a fucking train. No, and it's not a fucking train. And it's not a fucking train. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's the, it's not a train coming at the end of the that tunnel. you're going to get hit by. Right. So, <laughs> it's a good light. I love that. Go towards the light. It's a good light. It's not a bad light. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You don't have to dive into this if you feel like Bring we it. could. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel like we would diverge in a different direction. But I, I would be curious, and I wonder if our listeners would be too, if you could share a little bit about or just mention the lowest point while you were either at Second Nature or at this academy or even could have been before that, around that time of your life? Um, the, wor- the, the lowest moment, probably, I think I'd have to go with um, at Academy at Swift River. When you first get there at base camp, you're on solo, which means that like you are physically able to see that there are other people your age and staff members, but you're like literally in an A-frame, which is like a tarp and a sleeping bag, and you have to stay there all day, every day, and you're not allowed to interact with anyone, and you're far enough away to where like no one's going to like come talk to you. You're like a pariah. Yeah, and you have to get through some amount of like self-reflective workbook work and like some amount of days before you're even allowed to interact or do anything and then also once and like i'm a fairly social person and so i was like this This is really you think like yeah yeah. like because even being in utah it was like i wasn't i wasn't alone right like and so it was that was kind of rough. Well, and you're and like also, alone and seeing people. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like heaven forbid you got lost in the desert and you're so you're alone having to figure it out. You're like, I can literally see the people in front of me. Yeah. They're just not allowed to talk to me. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And just in case it hasn't been made clear, like at both locations in Utah and Massachusetts, like um, we're so bundled up because like frostbite is a thing in either place. Like, I mean, we are, it's not like comfortable conditions by any means. Like, we're putting uh, boiling water bottles at the bottom of our sleeping bag so that our uh, toes don't freeze off in the night and stuff. Holy crap. So it's not like, um, so being on solo and being freezing in this little A-frame and like, is this is this the worst thing that's ever happened to me? Because it feels like it. And is it going to get worse from here? I don't know. Yeah. You, you yeah. had no idea what to be expecting. That's your first encounter with this new place that you're like hoping is better than second nature. And you're like, and now I'm literally by myself in a tent yep. for days. Yep. <laughs> Do you feel like it, the self-reflection did anything for you or were, 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 like did part of you like try to, what's the word I want to use, like fake it to get out of it faster? 
Um, you may not remember this. I mean, well, big question. I do remember that you have you're supposed to write a letter to your parents about how what all the things you're angry about okay. that I think that they then send, but they maybe tell you they're not going to or something. Oh my god! <laughs> so so I don't know. Um, there's all these just dynamics I'm remembering that I haven't thought about in years. Um, this is none of this is stuff that is fresh on my mind ever. But yeah, thinking back on it, it's kind of amusing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're outing you without you knowing that you're going to be outed if you're telling your parents everything you're angry about. Yep. And then I think that's maybe how you enter the group is you read your letter to the group. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So it is real. Like we're going to get real close, real fast. Mm -hmm. No shame here. Mm -hmm. No pride, no ego. Like that's it. Yep. Tell us all the stuff. And if they know stuff that you're there for or that you've, that's not like in the letter that you're not writing enough about, like they let you know that it's incomplete and then send you back to your solo tent. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Like, you're like, are you freaking kidding me? Yep. And I go sit here by myself. Yep. That has to be so lonely. Yeah. To be stuck in your own head like that. Yeah. And then you do, um, when you are part of the group, you get to do physical therapy every morning, which is basically like boot camp. It's like, and then eventually you earn your way on campus, which is like when, you know, you've made it exists again. Yes. And you get to shower because, again, no showering at base camp oh, either. Yes. Yeah, but I did get a shower in the brief period between Second Nature and Base Camp because that was one be- shower. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, it was not cute. It makes it sound like you basically have to earn your right to have life's basic luxuries. Oh yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. I have so many more questions, and I know, like you said, this could go in so many directions. But mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you like I don't know could remember some of that to share because it sounds like that was a big shaping point of your life. Definitely. And it definitely um, made me appreciate a lot of things and learn a lot just about, I don't know, the different people. Like, cause certainly I had lived a pretty sheltered upbringing, um, you know, Atlanta private school. Yeah. Buckhead. Like, okay, that know. helps set a scene. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I should have said that sooner. But like, no, okay. but actually, I intentionally don't. When people ask me where I'm from, I'm like, oh, I hate this question. Yeah. Well, because people have preconceived notions yeah. about that area yeah and then when i say when they say when i say atlanta they say oh like atlanta like you know like marietta and i'm like Mm. buckhead and then they're like oh Mm because you know there's this whole like you know stigma but and it's all true oh yeah like it's not wrong but yeah 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 yeah. i mean you didn't choose to live there it's not like right you told your parents to live there i moved away for college and haven't looked back since yeah absolutely (laughs) i just had a question and I blanked on it. Oh, when you were saying that you felt like you got to meet a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely set the stage for you. I mean, you were exposed to so many different types of people and backgrounds and beliefs and like what a difference from when you were in a sheltered life. Oh, yeah. I can imagine it was very like race, like single race, a lot of like everyone has the same mindset and then you get mm-hmm. to go to these other places where I think people could believe that they're very like singular, but it actually is probably people from everywhere. Yeah. 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 And actually, this is um, uh, just a very random, semi-off-topic story that does relate to what you're saying. Um, I remember being at Love It when I was younger. I, d- I cannot tell you. I was obviously less than 15 because <laughs> that's when I got kicked out. But then I started going there when I was four. So somewhere oh, in between. Wow. I remember being in chapel. This is a fairly personal story, but I'm doing it anyway. Love it. Um, Bring it. I remember there was a girl that or. Yeah, no, you can say girl when people are not 18 yet. Yeah, she's under 18. <laughs> she was a girl on stage. She was in grades above me. I don't know how many, but um, she was talking about her gay brother. Like, 
on in the podium or whatever for chapel and so everyone's facing her and okay. i i remember just turning bright red because i was like i i was i knew i was gay but like i was it was just the most uncomfortable thing ever and is and that so, like your first experience in school of someone talking about that or was that like a pretty common no that was that was probably my first awareness of like oh this is like a thing that other people have oh like oh other people feel this way and that they they people talk about it because this person is talking about it and wow yeah it was pretty crazy oh and i say that because i came out when i was at um swift river um i came out to my well i came, I came out to my peer group and my counselors and everything mm. and the whole school knew then they were like you should probably tell your parents and i was like oh, all right like do i have to i'm like almost yeah. done do i have to do that yeah so, so that was um, what a journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, going from before fifteen to acknowledging, you're like I am, I am gay. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. To then going through all these wilderness camps and these experiences that were not great. To then finally coming out to your parents. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, where do we go from here, podcast lady? <laughs> <laughs> So, Bryce, tell us how you're doing today. Oh, well, today, many, many moons later, because all of this, again, was like 20 years ago. um, (laughs) Showing your age, Bryce. I know, I know. I keep calling myself out, but I'm a proud 35-year-old. It's okay. Love it. Um, Proud 30s. Yep. Um, Yeah, no, life today is good. Um, The pandemic was interesting, but like coming out of it, I'm really excited. I've got stuff on the horizon to look forward to, which is something that I encourage everybody everywhere to always have something on the horizon to look forward to. Which Are sounds, those your words of advice to live by, you think? Well, I mean, it's stolen from DBT, but yeah, sure, I'll go with it. <laughs> For those who don't know what DBT is, what is DBT? Oh, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, and I definitely cannot take credit for any of the pieces of it, but I do practice it for myself and it also um, largely enhances clients' lives because mm-hmm. that's what um, I definitely pull a lot from DBT. Um, I'm a very person-centered therapist, so really, like, I let the client lead the conversation, and I believe that people really um, inherently want to be their best selves, and that sometimes things just get in the way, and that I can help uh, figure out what those are, and then maybe move them out of the way for, or, like, you know, to collaboratively, we move them together. Yeah. Um, so. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. Say that phrase again from the DBT that you live by. Oh, you should always have something on the horizon to look forward to. For sure. I love that. Yeah. What are you doing to take care of yourself? So like you said, the pandemic was was rough, was interesting. How how do you take care of yourself? Um, The plants have have helped. Like, honestly, they have just been a good distractor. Because, you know, for so long, like, all it was was statistics about deaths and, like, sickness and stay away from people and mm-hmm. and sort of got the vibe like when you would walk by people even though if everyone's in a mask like you could tell nobody really wants to engage or like hold a door or and all that stuff so yeah, the social dynamics really changed yeah yeah and ho- i hope they shift back because like i miss friendliness i mean and not, not that not that it's really all that bad anymore right now currently at least not here right um, i find people to be much more engaging and kind again yeah. now but like for a while there it was like don't you get close to me yeah obviously. why are you smiling at me weirdo <laughs> right right yeah it was like people didn't understand everybody's motives we were operating from what fear right mm-hmm. the, everywhere we went which oh, yeah. is just not how we typically operate right definitely not a place that i like to be stuck in yeah. so um so the plants helped a lot because like you know they would always talk back <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what do we uh, say you can talk to plants they just can't talk back to right, you right. then we have an issue we need to address <laughs> 
Um, and my dogs are pretty awesome too. Um, and granted, I still had like friend friendships and interactions and stuff. It just wasn't. It didn't look anything like it did before the pandemic. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there anything that you have started to know with the plants? Yes. But anything that you've started or re- learned about yourself, you're like, oh, I need to be doing X, Y, or Z to make sure I'm my best self. Ooh. That's a real what, You said you were here. a workaholic earlier. Well, yeah. Did well, you cut I, back? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. To take care of myself, I did actually um, quit a job that I really didn't need that was causing me to work on Saturdays. And so now I'm a Monday. Yeah. Now I'm a Monday through Friday therapist. And I still work longer hours than most and that and more hours than I probably should. But I am a lot more at peace. So yeah. That's good then. Yeah. And I also feel like I'm a much more effective therapist, which is Uh, really a lot more important. Yeah. Sometimes I look at um like when you and I talk and you'll like talk to me about like how many hours you work and I'm like I'm sorry. What did you just say to me? Mm-hmm. I have like six hour days sometimes and I'm like beat. Yeah. Can't imagine. Yeah. My 11 hour days is probably not <sighs> fair. It's really not fair to the last person I see, I don't think. Well, and I think too, it just goes to show the different types of therapists as in like our styles and who we are as people, right? Like mm-hmm. I, so I identify as a, what's called a sensitive therapist. So like I'm so engaged that I'm emotionally exhausted by the end of the day and not that that doesn't mean that other people aren't socially engaged it's just like how much energy it takes for me to do that right because we know a couple of other people that do work these like long days Mm -hmm. and they they're fine with it Mm -hmm. I cannot yeah that I just can't function yeah so we cut our hours back we got plants we've got our dogs and then for you always having something on the calendar to look forward to yeah is that how you you know is that like always having a trip planned or people to see is that how you keep yourself going that's what it's headed back towards because for a while there obviously trips planned and stuff wasn't happening but i do have a cruise on the horizon that i'm looking forward to (gasps) and it's actually not that far away yay Um, where does the cruise go to um it is stopping at multiple ports um and I could is it like Caribbean or yeah, is it okay? I, that's fine. I think so. I don't know. I should look it up. Probably. <laughs> Honestly, like I have to I, know right now. I booked it way long ago, and with the thought that like I can't get excited about it because it may not happen because of COVID. Yep. So I was like, please, please, please so let this honestly, happen. Like I don't even know enough about this cruise except for that I have a passport that's ready to go. There for you go. It like, I love that. Yeah. Good forward thinking. We planned ahead. Yeah, and there's a lot of theme parties involved, so it's like basically a bunch of adults that are acting like kids or idiots or whatever you want to call it. I love that. It's going to be a hell of fun. That's so. that's literally what an adult is. We're just giant children yes. that can drive cars. Yeah, and like spend money. Yeah, yeah. Before pandemic, I would often have weekends where afterwards I was like, I know that I had more fun last weekend than adults are supposed to have. <laughs> and what's wrong with me? During the pandemic, I didn't have a lot of that. Was, you got a but, taste of what that adulthood was like. Yeah, I think it sounds like you are curating your life to be what a lot of people, I think, want adulthood to be. Yeah, well, I had to because of that damn COVID. <laughs> well, but without COVID, I can go right. back to being a kid again. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think, but that goes to show that like COVID reminded you of like, oh, this is not how I would want to live right. my life in a lot of ways. Like this, I actually want to be able to have fun and be silly, mm-hmm. and that's the type of adult I want to be. Yes. I, when I'm not on, when I'm not working, because like in my professional life, you know, I mean, you know as well as I do that, like when you're in professional mode, you're in therapist mode. Like, yes. whereas a friend might say something and you'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Yeah. Like, you don't say that to clients. No, you think it maybe, but you don't let it read on your face. Which so. is definitely not like my style. Is I'm very like, 
yeah. it's real hard to be stoic because I am so, what you just said, like my face shows my emotions pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my clients definitely know what I'm being like. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> what did you just say to me? <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, Bryce and I were actually talking about this pre-recording this episode and I didn't realize I had changed my voice as significantly <laughs> as I did. But Bryce was like, you have this therapy voice i was like well yeah we're therapists bryce you get it like therapy voice and he was like no you like your voice changes and i definitely noticed it but then we were just talking and bryce was like you didn't do your therapy voice you're not yeah you're not in podcast voice mode or therapy voice mode and then it's funny because anybody who's listening to this one if this happens to be your first episode listen to any of the previous ones or most of the previous ones and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about different i'm gonna have to go back and listen of course you'll you know i probably could be our dynamic too I think it's because you make me laugh, and then I just I think we just have good rapport. <gasps> See, rapport is so important. Not to say that all the guests that were before me all didn't have great rapport. <laughs> no, that's what not at all. Like. Sometimes, but, too, I think it's just, yeah, flows can be a little easier, yeah. depending on it. Or, it, <gasps> hypothetically, it might be because I am very unprofessional, and the other people <laughs> on the podcast have been really, really on point. <laughs> I don't think so, but if you say so. All right. Any... You know, little bits. So you'd already mentioned the words that you live by, which mm-hmm. was from DBT. Well, some of them, yeah. Right. Is there, more. <laughs> are there, is there, I'd love to hear some. I think the audience would like to hear some. That's something that I love to share is what are some words that you choose to live by? The harder the truth to tell, the truer the friend that tells it. Say that one more time just so I can get it. The harder the truth to tell, the truer the friend that tells it. Oh my God, I love that. Meaning, like, if you have a friend and they are doing something that they shouldn't be, like, that they're fucking up their life, if they're in an abusive relationship, if they're, uh, I don't know, just about to make a bad decision, like, a true friend is going to say something with love and kindness, but you're going to say something. You'd be like, Susan. Yeah. What Susan, are you doing? Get your head out of your ass. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But, I love um, that. Yeah. I think that's so great. Yeah. Too many people are like, Mm, well, I'll just let them make their, their life, their issues, right? It's right. not not it's not my problem. I'm not going to get involved. Right. You just got to make sure that the delivery is well received. Because obviously, like as I mentioned, abusive relationships, like a lot of people try to confront their friends about that. And it doesn't take, but like, you know, you got to be there for your friend. But you also don't just shut your mouth and zip your lips. Do nothing. Yeah. 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 Nothing. yeah. There's a fine balance between that. Yep. Okay. I love that one. Yeah. The harder the truth to tell, the truer the friend who tells it. Yeah. And actually, actually, the, the 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 most important thing that I try to live my life by now that I've given all these quotes and stuff is um, it's a mistake is only a mistake if you don't learn anything from it. That's my that's my uh, I don't think I've said that yet today, but <laughs> I'm glad you did, because I think far too often people feel like they've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And like when people are in therapy with me and they're talking about something they've done. And they're like, man, I really fucked this up. I'm like, okay, well, what have you learned from it? Like, what are you going to do differently mm-hmm. moving forward? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as they can tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so much of like moving forward, healing. Because um, if all you do is just have like this past wreckage that all you, and all you think about it is like how dumb you were or what a and just shame yourself and, constantly yeah. right living in regret yep the positive reframe because we, we all make mistakes yeah we're humans that's the human experience and if you don't make a mistake you can't learn and you'll remain ignorant right <laughs> and yeah 
You can't grow. That's why I've made so many mistakes because <laughs> I'm like becoming just this super well-rounded individual. I mean, everyone's a work in progress, but all the mistakes I've made really, really have shaped me to be the wonderful ball of energy you see in front of you. Well, I'm so glad because I love you and I care a lot about you. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you are the person that you are. Yeah. Maybe not for the things you had to go through, but glad that you've gained something from them. Yeah. And I also told told Susan before we recorded that I suffer from really high self-esteem. So I should throw that out there, too. <laughs> He's also very self-deprecating a lot of the time. So it's a wonderful it's a balance. mix. It's a, it's a balance. fun balance. You got to stay balanced. <laughs> Bryce, thank you so much for finally committing to doing something that I think can be real scary. And I know I'm grateful that you came on today. And I really hope the audience is, too. I'm super grateful it wasn't nearly as painful as I've been telling myself it would be for months and that Susan's in my life. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I liked getting to share. So thank you for inviting me, yeah. Susan. You're a rock star. Mm, thank you so much for coming. We'll have to have you back on again. <gasps> yes. Round two. All right. I'll 2.0. Try not, I'll try not to fight it as hard as <laughs> next time. Perfect. <laughs> thank you so much, Bryce. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media at I've Been Better.pod.